following program is paid for by the Hawkeye Huddle, which is solely responsible for its content. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of 1700 The Champ, Cumulus Media, or its employees or management. The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle. Brad Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. with you here. G-Migs in West Des Moines, Valley Junction. Come on down and join us. Uh, I believe it's Smashburger Night still. Doing that promotion, I think, through the winter. So, uh... Tuesday nights, Smash Burgers here at G-Migs, and we're going to talk the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes for the next hour here on 1700 and 101.3. Both the champs getting us dialed up here locally, or what's the deal? Trying. All right. Efforting. Efforting. Continuing to effort. How's that? Hawkeye men's basketball team this last week with a split. Unfortunately, a tough loss, uh, two points on the road at Rutgers. We'll talk uh, a lot about that. But they come back with the victory on Saturday, 68-51 over Penn State at home. Hawks go to 14-5 and on the year, 4-4 four and four in the Big Ten. They're number 20 in the net, which is interesting considering they do not have a quad one win, which the opportunity for that obviously comes up on this Thursday night once Purdue comes to town. Iowa sitting currently in eighth place in the Big Ten at 8-4. and 4-4. 4-4, um, four and four. Four and four, sorry, at 4-4. Uh, at four Ken Palm... KenBaum.com uh, has them 20th, which, you know, his computer rankings are usually fairly accurate. And he has the predictions, you know, the computer tells him whether they're going to win or lose. He has them going 8-4 and four the rest of the year. I saw that. Did uh, Was there a uh, prediction so far on the Iowa-Purdue game? Like, what, what would he <clears throat> establish the line at? I didn't see that. All right. I didn't see that. Um, we can look that up. I'm very sure. I'm pretty sure. We'll get that here at the break. I'm pretty sure Bruce will be listening yeah, to my yeah, text. We, we can grab. Right. We can grab that. Um, tough one on the road at Rutgers, Iowa. Aside from the fact that uh, um, some strange things happened at the end of both halves, Iowa didn't shoot the basketball well. And you can give Rutgers some uh, some credit, but at the end of the day, Iowa had open shots that they they didn't knock down. You lose by two points. You only score 46. That's just not going to get it done. And it's a very strange thing for this team, who, by the way, right now is sitting like 10th or 11th in the Big Ten in three-point shooting. It's just not a very good three-point shooting team, which is odd. Well, at the, at the end of the day, basically what you're looking at is the fact that you've got Jordan Bohannon, who shoots a three, and he's not he's not knocking him down the way with Keegan Murray. He's shooting the three. Chris Murray has shown at times he can shoot the three um, and knock him down. But, you know, really there's nobody else out there. Patrick, I guess, occasionally uh, when, when he's feeling it. I guess I guess you're right. When when you really look look you at don't what have they thought, a lot of right. you don't have a lot of guys actually shooting the ball. Right there, there are a lot of guys that are standing around at various times, and that's what I thought. You know, they they got into at the in, at the end of the Minnesota game, they got into a lot of standing around and chucking up threes. It was not a good not good movement, and that continued a lot at Rutgers. Some of that was they were getting knocked off their strides here and there. But the movement wasn't there. They weren't getting layups. And then when they do that, you have the wrong guy shooting threes as well. And that kind of hurts too. But Well, in, far too much uh, eight, ten seconds ago in the shot clock, point guard or whoever has the basketball out front dribbling and nobody moving, nobody doing anything in the point guard not going to the hole. I mean, uh, right, right, right. So you, you lose your aggressiveness. And then, and then you chuck one up because the shot clock's going down. So Fran has always had this problem with his teams where, I mean, this, that's a hallmark. We, we, can, we could have said that about Mike Gazelle. We could have said that about any number of guys over the line. I'm trying to think back who, who some of our point guards were that ended up running around 
desperately looking for something to do with the basketball at the end of a shot clock, and I can never figure out how they can't get a shot for him, right? There's no screen that has come up and set. There's no pick and roll. There's nothing that happens. It's just, well, we're going to clear out and hope that you can beat your other guy, I guess. It should I, be noted that back in the old days when we were in the same neighborhood, we, you and I would be on the same team and kill people with the, with pick, the pick and, and roll. roll, baby. <laughs> we, we had that pick and roll down. Pick and roll, pick Absolutely. and pop. Absolutely, that's a that was a, that was a staple a mainstay against uh, against uh, Scott Stewart and in Kino. And Kino, absolutely, a little uh, David Noga there, you know, trying to trying to stop Randy us with that. Sutton. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about the end of the first half and the end of the game. End of the first half, we were texting at that point in time. We both thought the ball went in from Joe, Joe Toussaint. Ah, well, way to finish the half, in right? Fact, in fact, I think that was the text. Oh, that's a great way to end the that's half. It's a great way to end the half. Get and a steal, then, get the basket, and then your your boy Courtney waves it off. I, so here's the question. I I could see where one could argue that the shot wasn't wasn't good, although there to me there was a, a second left, or a, a one, uh, not a second, but a one on the clock, even though the light was on, which is odd. But... What I didn't see was how you reverse that. This is the part, and I'm getting, I get this in football all the time too. I don't understand how if the idea is that you're supposed to have irrefutable evidence to make a call against what you called on the court or the field, how this happens all the time, that they don't have irrefutable evidence. They kind of go with the, eh, I feel like it went that way. Do you know 15 years ago no one ever used the word irrefutable Never. In, in a sentence? No. <laughs> and, now, and now it is such commonplace. It is. But, uh, and I, but I don't know why, because it's not the standard. It's literally well, just not the standard. You know, you got you got humans who are looking at videotape in a frame by frame, and they're trying to make make a call. And, and you know, honestly, I'd rather go back to no replay, and and just deal with the bad the bad calls. That ball clearly hit this guy. Oh, well, tough. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it goes the other way. Uh, it goes back to the old adage when we were coaching baseball, and you're like, there's no way that guy was out. And I said, what did the umpire call him? He goes, out. I said, then he yeah. was out. Right. What's it say in the scorebook? Right. Well, it says it's an out, right? So it's an out, right? And yeah. so sometimes you just have to deal with that. The idea for perfection in an imperfect world has caused us to have these sorts of things. Well, and it, it's not – and, and that's just it, is I, I feel like – I like the standard that is set, which is supposed to be if it's clear that the call was wrong. Clear. Absolutely. Oh, that call was wrong. Okay, overturn it. But that's not what they do. They go, they use it now as a second chance and go relitigate. Yes. The, whether or not the call, and, and remake the call. And that's well, what they did the other night. That was not clear evidence of, of the ball not getting out of his hands. It was not clear either way. And so you don't get to change the call. And what I don't understand is how the Big Ten, whoever is in charge of that, doesn't tell these guys, you can't do that. You just can't do that. You made the call, and if it doesn't, if it wasn't 100% the other way, anyway. You know what you can't do, though? You can't tell the guy who's called and allowed grabbing, holding, tugging, physical basketball the entire game to not call the foul at the end of the game. That was so light and so whatever. I mean, it's like, come on, dude. That wasn't even a bump. 
if if anything, if anything, the shoulder was lowered into Keegan Murray. If anything, it was an offensive foul. It was not, but there, but it, there was no contact there for any kind of a foul. The fact of the matter is, and and somebody put this up there, and and Courtney Green has a propensity to anticipate the foul instead of letting the play go mm-hmm. and then calling the foul, and and they had a uh, litany. I mean, four or five different times where things were happening and, and a foul was called and it was all by him. And it's like, dude, let the play go out. This is why John Higgins is so good. This is why Ed Hightower was actually good. Is that a play would happen and then he would blow the whistle. Mm-hmm. And then he would come running in and, and do his and, and theoretics, do, and do it, right? Do, do right. his Ed Hightower. Or John Higgins would raise his hand and point at the guy and, and you'd go, well, I guess, I guess that, that happened, right? And most of the time, those dudes were right. Mm-hmm. You know, block charge and all that, that that's debatable mm-hmm. all the time. But at the end of the day, you can't anticipate a foul when nobody's going to even be trying to foul. Right. 22 feet from the basket with a second, 1.8 seconds to go. Right. I mean, good Lord. Dude was, no, no he way. wasn't going to the basket. He wasn't trying yeah. to do anything. There, right. There was he was not... dribbling towards his coach, and he was about to chuck up a three that if he made, he made. But nothing happened there. And Fran's right. They should have been playing overtime. You know, but the fact of the matter is the Hawks didn't lose that game based on either of those officials' uh, calls. They met, they lost that game because they couldn't shoot the basketball when they had open looks, and they, they had plenty of them. I mean, think about it. You make three more baskets, and you win by five. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I, uh, the number of uh, Jordan Bohannon goes two for ten from three. In that game, and I think he airballed two of them, and one for sure, and just wide open shots, right? Just missing wide open shots. Those are shots that have to go in for this team to be what they might be able to be. Those are shots that need to go in. It's just a missed opportunity, and it's too bad. Now they came back. I, you know, Penn State on Saturday, a um, little rough in the first half, closer at halftime than you wanted because Iowa couldn't rebound for some odd reason. It was very strange. They were down what eleven rebounds in the first half. Something came back like and that. won the rebounding uh, battle by the end of the game by one. So they out rebounded twelve or thirteen in the second half. Clearly a focus issue there, but uh, which was huge that, because that they won going a, away. An extreme point of emphasis during halftime it might have been just guess. I don't know if they brought in the cheerleaders to sing. Rebound that basketball. Oh, rebound. <laughs> yes. I don't know if they did that, but nevertheless, I mean, I'm pretty sure somebody got in somebody's grill like, hey, maybe you had to find <laughs> someone to box out and and send all five guys to the, you know, the at least the defensive boards. Um, watching Iowa give up offensive rebounds is absolutely a kind of thing that will cause me to drink. And I don't even need a reason. And you don't need. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, dude, find somebody. Go get the loose ball, whatever it might be. It, it, that is, and it has to be frustrating to Fran and the entire coaching staff that they sit there and see that and watch that happen over and over and over. Um, and, it, you know, it's clearly cost the Hawks. The four losses that they've had all been out rebounded substantially, like by fifty. And mm-hmm. if we, mm-hmm. if I recall from our previous conversations, but hey, man, we're fourteen to four. We got a chance on Thursday to get a quad one win, and uh, 
Then, who are we playing on Sunday? Uh, hang Is tight. it Minnesota? Monday, uh, Penn State at Penn State. We go to Penn oh, State next Monday. back to Penn State yep. on Monday. So Thursday, 8 p.m. at Carver against Purdue, and then on the road at Penn State next Monday night. Uh, that looks like a 6, 6 p.m., yeah. Probably it's an East Coast game. Right. Yeah, well, well, you know, we wouldn't want to give, you know, we'll, make, we'll let them play at six. But, you know, this business, you know, a friend of mine pointed out, I, you know, we're complaining about the, the disadvantage to the basketball team that this was Iowa's, by the way, this was Iowa's only Saturday home game this last week. Right. And it was a sellout, right? Uh, they had a couple more Sundays, and those are going to be sellouts, right? So don't give us this about the fans not wanting to go watch. It's a matter of timing. 3,500 tickets available against Purdue. Give them away. Just I know. Well, at this point, you got to get people who want to go out in the middle of the night, you know, and it's sub-zero temperatures. And, That's and going to be in the 30s. It's balmy. But my, but the the point that was brought up that I hadn't thought of, it, it's terrible for the football team as well because they're trying to recruit. And so these other schools that get eight home games on Saturdays have – additional opportunities to wine and dine their their football recruits whereas iowa and not only that but who did they give us we got nebraska minnesota and penn state so carver was full the other day but let's face it was it loud was it rowdy was it raucous well, like it, came it felt like it was it felt it it was louder but it wasn't crazy like you know like it could be if that was a, a big game well right? it wasn't arrowhead no it, you know it's <laughs> I, we've seen it so from a from even from a football perspective i'm surprised I just don't get what Gary Barta focuses on sometimes. And I know that it's not all up to him. But, boy, wouldn't you think you'd have been crying a little bit harder about this idea that Purdue gets eight home games over the weekend and Iowa gets three. I mean, come on. Wouldn't you? It just, well, when do those come out? And when, when do – or, I mean – It comes it, out middle of summer, right? Well, doesn't or, that, or, isn't that just dictated to them? Uh, I believe that there are uh, – now, it – also has to do with what other uh, uh, things are going on, yes, uh, at Iowa. But I believe they can make requests, and I believe they can uh, they can have – is it dictated? I imagine they can call and say, hey, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. What are you doing, right? The computer can give us a lot more options than this, right? It, it, I, what it's dictated by is television and who they think people are going to want to watch. Well, which, you, know, but, it, you know, and you know that I watch Creighton basketball quite a bit. They're my other team. And they get a lot of weekend games. They all start at 11. But so what? Yeah. Oh, in 2002, during the, the great Hawkeye run of 2002, every game was at 11. Yeah. And we were and all still, pissing uh, and moaning. Well, how come we don't get a game at 230? Yeah. And last game, last year, they were all one at, game right, at 11. Right. right. But, it, but, and they're all full still, right? Because they're Saturday. Well, it, of course. At and, least Saturday, and, right? Well, and it's easy to... It's easy to work your life around seven Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean. We seem to do a pretty good job of it. Even if we? four of them are in a row in September. That's true. And by the fourth one, you're like, oh, my God, how much fireball can I drink? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, got to slow down. I actually appreciate the years when we have to go to Ames so I don't have to go four <laughs> weeks in a row. Just slow it. Just take it a little easier that week. I, I did. I always go up there. I, I mean, know, but I, that's you know. I walk into the into the lion's den up there, and I don't do that. I'm glutton for punishment. I know. I get it. I am. I get it. You know, it's just too. But you know, too. at the end of the day, obviously, you would have wished we were two and zero for the week. We go one and one. 
We have an opportunity this week to, to have the statement win. Mm-hmm. The, the kind of win that will stick out in March. It will stick out for the balance of the year. And Purdue has proven to be vulnerable. Um, obviously, they lost Indiana. They lost at Rutgers like we did. Um, they have proven to be far more vulnerable on the road this year than, I mean, to me, I don't understand why they're basically undefeated. I look, I watch them play, I look at their team, and I'm like, wow, they're good. But, you know, here you are, they still got three losses. Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com will join us here when we come back. We're going to talk a little wrestling, the big one of the year coming up this weekend, Friday night, Penn State. We'll dive into that when we come back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 and 101.3. And we're back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. G. Miggs here in West Des Moines. We do not have a uh, producer who does our mixing. We just mix it ourselves as we go. You're, you're a mixologist is what you are. Not really. No? Not so good at that? Well, I'm not horrible at it. Uh, By the way, continue to use Charmin so you can call AM, PM plumbing. <laughs> it goes down easy. but the, you can call No, no, no. He, told, he told me it might be good for your hiney, but it's horrible for your pipes. Really? Really? Nice and thick, uh, real thick. Yeah, good for your hiney, but... Happy New Rear. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, commercial, by the way, for people that don't get those on the podcast. I don't know. Do they run those on the podcast? I don't know. I feel like sometimes Tom Caker do, sometimes of HawkeyeReport.com joining us uh, f- for the uh, for this portion of the program. Tom, we're headed into a very big uh, end of the week for not only the men's basketball team with the game against Purdue, but big wrestling meet against Penn State on Friday night. Yeah. Um, you know, back-to-back nights of big doings at uh, Carver Hawkeye for sure. With uh, you know, with a really good Purdue team um, who I think probably has chance to go pretty far in March uh, with the talent that they have, and and then uh, you know, it's one versus two. Uh, in the wrestling meet, a wrestling mat, and, you know, Iowa um, trying to assert itself. Uh, you know, Penn State had gone ahead of them in the, the, the rankings after Spencer Lee was, uh, um, you know, ruled out with uh, the uh, decided to have surgery. Then uh, Penn State went up to number one in the, uh, the polls. So, yeah, it's going to be a huge, you know, that one sold out. There's about 3,000 tickets left for the uh, – um, for the basketball game Thursday night at 8 o'clock. How, how do they get those sold, Tom? I, we were like, give them away. Well, it's just, um, you know, it's just it's tough to Thursday night. It's 8 o'clock game. It's just tough. You know, it's just hard to get, get there. It's hard for, you know, like you guys in Des Moines, it is hard to make that trek when you're not going to get out of there until like 1030 and at if you're lucky, you're home by midnight. You're home by and midnight. That's, that's with everything going right, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, that that doesn't just... count any pee breaks, <laughs> <laughs> anything like that. No post-game meal. Yeah. Uh, so, but Carver will be full on Friday night against Penn State. Uh, actually, interesting uh, matchup last Friday night against Ohio State. I, I had a chance to watch pretty much the whole thing. Um, 
Iowa won it 21 to 12, but it was a bit of a struggle. A few upsets there. There, I don't t- know, Tom, if you got to watch it, David. Um, I did. The, the, Iowa had trouble. I did watch late in in several of the matches where they had the lead and they they lost late. Um, I, 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 I can't, these guys are not unmotivated, right? It, so it there are holes, chinks in the armor. <laughs> There are holes there, and this Penn State team uh, can take advantage. But, you know, I don't know what you saw, but I saw an Iowa team that seemed every time they just kind of would get over the hump and they were just about to finish it off. Ohio State was a little bit tougher the other night. Fortunately, um, they had, you know, some bonus points out of Cassiope and DeSantos and they ended up winning one extra match, and that that did it. But um, they weren't their sharpest. Yeah, they weren't. They, They were not sharp and it's been kind of a thing with you know some of the veteran guys that they've just been having these habitually like closer than they need to be like four to three kind of matches and when you're when you do that you just leave yourself up to um, you know some guy taking a shot getting a takedown late and beating you in the final second, so, you know, I think that's what happened, like with uh, with uh, Marinelli. Yeah, yeah sure. He yep. got got beat late, um, just you know, too tight. It's not being, uh, you know, the, the the Tom Brands way, the Terry Brands way is aggressive. It's what you see from uh, Spencer Lee, what you see from Austin DeSanto. Um, you see those guys go out there and just they take it to people. Um, and um, a lot of the other guys are just kind of, I don't know, it's just they're just wrestling to get by right now, and if they're going to, if I was going to win a national title, it's going to have to be because some of those guys really get after it. Now, I, I will say this, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Max Burent in the last few weeks. He's been wrestling much more aggressively, and uh, even though he lost, uh, to Sasso the other night, he was, I I think he's been really, really good. Well, and Sasso's defending national champion, I mean. Number two, yeah, defending national champion, yeah. yeah. There's no yeah. shame in, in taking it to the wire. That just tells me that, that um, you know, Max Murin, if he keeps wrestling that way, he's got a good chance to, you know, make it to semifinals at least. Well, at minimum, get on that podium, be an All-American. And, you know, here's the thing with with Penn State. They have four returning national champions, all rated number one. Uh, RBV or RBY at 133. Uh, Starachi at 174. Brooks at 180. Nobody's beaten Brooks at 184. And then Nick Lee at 141. So you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, well, Penn State should be favoring all those. Well, Austin DeSanto actually has a really good chance here at yeah, 133 yep, yep. to go in and and break that string that Roman Bravo Young has had on him uh, and, and assert himself. Um, you know, Ironman and Nick Lee are like, if I'm not mistaken, they're either 3-2 and two or 2-2 two and two in their all-time matches. Together. That's a, so that's clearly a toss-up. Like I said, nobody's beaten Brooks. Uh, Abasad's, but Kimmerer sitting there hasn't wrestled very much this year at 174. He's certainly got a great opportunity against Orochi. And then Cassiope's got to come out and actually finish the well, presuming it starts at 25, finish the duel off. I mean, I can see this 
going five five, and whoever gets a bonus points is, is, win, is right. winning the really winning be. the meet. And and Penn State might have the advantage in bonus points just based on the matchups. And the the to me it, the the meet's going to swing on one thirty three one forty one. You know if that's just that's just my take because there's. There's some heavyweights. There's no pun intended by heavyweights, but it's just those are big <laughs> right. time battles that could go either way. And but if Penn State comes out and wins both those, then wait, it's a it's a hard path for Iowa. It just yeah, the, the path gets really hard. Well, I mean, guys like Marinelli have got to get bonus points in my estimation. At 157, I mean, Penn State Caleb is Young's actually gonna, yeah, Caleb Young has got to go and do something. And, you know, try and get a major in some fashion. Um, and obviously, you got to avoid your back throughout, throughout the entire thing. You know, and I'm – Jacob Warner drives me crazy when he wrestles. I mean, the guy wants to win every match three to two, and he's yep. going to have his hands full against Max Dean, and I'm going to put the over under this match at six. Wow. Um, 29 in a row that is on the and line And Penn right State's now. won 24 in a row. Has it really? Last team uh, to beat them uh, was Iowa. was Iowa, yeah. So a lot on the line Friday night, and then, uh, as we said, a lot on the line on uh, Thursday. Iowa needs a quad one win, and this uh, opportunity against Purdue is it. Uh, they ha- they'll have a couple more chances down the road, but a lot of the Big Ten teams are kind of in the quad two uh, area right now that they're going to, you know, that they're going to be looking at down the road. So it's, I think, Michigan State, Illinois maybe, and, and uh, that's it. I was sitting at number 20, as we said, in the net. They're quad one team, which is, is interesting. Um, you know, Tom, you look back at the, the, this, the first meeting with Purdue. Iowa obviously got way behind, but there was no Keegan Murray, so it's kind of hard to judge exactly how that game would have gone with him in there. But the way Iowa is playing right now... Um, well, it just turns out it, it it projects to be different in the way that I was going to try to win the basketball game. The question really kind of comes down to, in my mind, can Fran figure out what his lineups are going to be at the right periods of time during the game so that he so that he has combinations in there that are going to be able to continue to rebound and play defense because Purdue's so big and so fast. Yeah, um, this game is really interesting for Iowa. Um, because Iowa doesn't really match up all that great with Penn, with, with with Purdue. Well, that's what um, I mean. Yeah, yeah that's don't. exactly what I mean. Yeah, they just don't. There's just not a. Well, you know, but Edie's kind of an impossible matchup. I mean, he just is because he's seven four and he's big. It's not like he's this tall, skinny kid. He's he's put together. He's strong. He's he's a wide body, seven foot four guy. That you know, he just turns and he's into you, and you're going to get fouls called because he's just so big. And he's a lot like um, Chief on what flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Robracha about that today, just about you know how how you handle something like that. And he said it's a challenge because at least he's got the experience now of playing against him for one game. But you know, he fouled out in that game just because it's hard to guard Zach Ed and. Trayvon Williams, and they're both kind of different players. They both play in the low block, but, you know, he's just so big. And then they've got, um, you know, quite possibly the most explosive player in the Big Ten this year in 
Jaden Ivey, who goes from end to end like a like a Olympic sprinter. I mean, he's like closest thing that that uh, the Big Ten has to like a Russell Westbrook, where he's just going full bore down the field, down the floor as fast as he can, just driving to the bucket, flying there, so, and he's really tough to handle. And um, you know, Sasha will make shots. Um, you know, he hasn't shot it well lately, but he's well. He did on Sunday. Shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did on Sunday, but he's been in kind of a little bit of a slump. So. Um, you know, he but he always seems to shoot well against Iowa. Um, that seems open. Purdue is just a they're just a bad matchup for Iowa. They just really are, but um Iowa's gonna have to try and create some turnovers. I think that's gonna be the key. So so let me ask you something. Ivy didn't play on Sunday. I mean, would the outlook for him to be here on Thursday in full bore likely? I would think so. Um I don't see him missing two games in a row, but um, but we'll see. I you know um, I didn't think Kofi was going to miss about... tonight either, but <laughs> he yeah, but there. he's out with the concussion thing, and uh, I see Curbelo's out with the uh, COVID protocol. So, yep, Michigan um, State's currently up ten. <laughs> or, no, they're down. 10. No, Illinois's up ten. Pardon, regardless. Yeah, yeah. Illinois's up ten. I just figure that out. You know, yeah, Illinois crazy. down two of their key players, and they're and they're taking it to Sparty. So. Figures that would happen. Well, it's still early too, so we'll see what happens. But right. anyway, I was just I was going to have to create some turnovers. I think that was a big thing in the, the first meeting where they were able to, to kind of get get Purdue off kilter a little bit. And um, it, you know, but it's just it's such. I was talking to Keegan and Rebracha about this today, but especially Keegan, it's just playing against a guy that's seven four is just such a weird thing for anybody. And it's just it's so different around the rim when you've got somebody that big around there. The dude's actually a head taller I, than. I know. Is there a way? Yeah, that's exactly right. So does, uh, you wonder if Fran goes ahead and lets Josh Agundale go in there for a little bit like he did up. I mean, just lets some taller guys go in there and work on him a little bit, regardless if, if they foul him, you know, and just kind of kind of try to get, you know, get both the big guys working a little harder. But unfortunately, Ogundale and Mulvey, neither one of them are exactly fleet of foot, right? So, all right, two minutes before we're going to take our break here, Tom. Do you feel like uh, the Hawks have a chance tomorrow night, uh, or um, is this uh, is not going? Is it probably Thursday? Not, Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday night. I do. I feel like they've got a, a shot. Um, they're going to have to shoot it well. They're going to have, you know, Bohannon's going to have to really. It going. He started coming out of his slump a little bit in the last game. You know, he made the made a couple deep threes and uh, you know admitted that he has kind of struggled with his confidence lately. Uh, but I I think they'll if they can get him going, uh, I think that's really going to open things up for Iowa. All right. Well, ought to be fun next couple of days. We'll uh, we'll have a lot to break down next week, Tom. Know a lot more about where uh, where both teams are sitting in terms of uh, the standings in the Big Ten. Hey, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you. Okay, thanks, guys. Tom thanks, Kicker. Tom. Tom Kicker, HawkeyeReport.com. And uh, we appreciate him checking in. Of course, he still does have all kinds of good recruiting stuff out there if uh, you want to check out his website. Um, they do a pretty good job of keeping up to date with all the different 
uh, opportunities. I think we, they did have the junior weekend this last weekend for football. A number of kids were in. Uh, the Markway kid was in. Uh, the Doctorman had a really nice yeah. article in the Athletic. If you are a uh, athletic su- subscriber, <laughs> if you're an athletic supporter, um, you ought to go and read that. Um, detail, detailed the top ten uh, guys are looking at number one and two are Casper from Kevin Casper's uh, kid and, and Jaden Proctor, Jayden of course. Proctor. Yeah. yeah, I heard. I, I saw Saban was in here to see Proctor. I didn't know how he could get into Des Moines. Uh, he found his way. Sure, he loved the weather. Found his way, though. It is what it is. I suppose. But, but uh, yeah, a uh, number of interesting recruiting things going on with the class of 2023 now, and those are the, obviously the top two that you got to worry about. It, you know, but the, There's the another season, signing period, right? A couple there weeks. is, and there's still some options out there, and they're, they're looking at still. Um, Obviously, uh, got another scholarship over the Linderbaum. Yeah, they've got a couple of kids I think that they're looking at uh, transferring. The Nurzad kid from uh, Cornell. Cornell. Yeah, they still are really hoping on him. Academically, he should be fine. I would think. Would think wouldn't be a problem. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up on 101.3 and 1700. The champ. And we're back here, Gmigs in West Des Moines Valley Junction. I don't know which one of these allows the people to hear. but Sometimes they turn their head like they can hear us, and some days they don't. We lost Angela Lancaster and Brian Houck earlier, but uh, I want to thank them for supporting the program. They were sitting here a little bit earlier. We also Angela. saw George earlier. Yeah, we, uh, and uh, Angela, of course, uh, Remax Concepts. A and, George uh, Brian sighting. Brian T. Mortgage. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we had a George sighting. And uh, we mentioned AMPM Plumbing already and uh, do not use the Charmin for them accordingly. But we don't. Hey, listen. Actually sponsors. use it. Hey, listen, it's good for your rear, right? So use it, and any PM plumbing can come take care of things if there's a problem. That's right. right? Anytime, day or night, without uh, without uh, uh, extra charges for the time that they show up. Um, women's basketball, a couple of victories last week. They won 105-49 at Minnesota, largest victory on the road at Minnesota ever in uh, in basketball uh, Hawkeye basketball history. Uh, and then took care of Illinois 82-56. to Illinois was a replacement game because Indiana went down with the COVID, so now you're going to have Indiana later. But that was first place Indiana. So, uh, But Caitlin Clark, <laughs> once again, the fourth time in a row now, the Big Ten Player of the Week. Do you think and, she'll be the Big Ten Player of the Month? Possibly the month, maybe. You never know. For, this is her 10th uh, tenth honor in such a way. And uh, in such a way. And fourth in a row, she's averaging 25.7 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 7.6 assists. She shot 55% from the three-point uh, line this last week in those two wins. Now, they go to Penn State. Uh, oh, wait a minute. It's like right now. It should be on TV. Why are we not watching that? I hadn't even been paying attention. Because I don't have the I remote. Did not. I don't have the remote either. I'll dial it up here on my big t- BTM+. Plus. Uh, but aside from that, they got Penn State right now. We'll see how they're doing. They're at Northwestern on Friday and uh, Ohio State um, at home on Monday. So three games this week. They sit at 12-4, and 6-1, and one, number 23 in the AP poll, currently, and number 23 in the net. Currently number seven in the seeding. <laughs> and, and, and then it's still a number seven seed, right? <laughs> That's just – they're just stuck in – you know – so I started was thinking about that today. Well, both, if they're not the both, seven, you know what ends up ends up happening? Then they become in the four in that four or five game. Both the men and why would the women not be on BTN Plus? Are they on BTN and we just don't have that going on right now here? Uh, I thought we were watching BTN on something. Maybe it's, maybe I had the date wrong. I could have sworn. Oh, we'll see what's going on. Anyway, um, if you get the seven seed, are we are we? 
seriously, is our our big hope that the men and the women fight so hard that they end up getting the seven seed in the big in the, in the NCAA? Well, tournament. you're going to six seed in the Big Ten, you'd be a seven seed in the NCAA. Isn't that something? Uh, Hawks currently up one hundred three to seventy seven with two minutes to go. I think in, we've got that. I think in they hand. got that one. Yeah, um, Penn State's nine and eight, so I wondered a little bit, but oh man, one hundred five seventy seven. Boy, they're they are uh, they're taking it, taking them out behind I'm the woodshed. T- I'm hey, telling remember you, remember what we were saying? They were starting to have trouble scoring because they started throwing the ball down yep. low. Yep, get the ball to Monica. Yep, and that leaves Caitlin open a lot more, and suddenly the whole thing goes the right direction, doesn't it? This will be five in a row for them, I think. And uh, it's obvious, good, obviously should, a nice pattern. Haven't been playing the uh, uh, Indiana, the top dog. Um, Michigan State. Is it Michigan or Michigan State that's really good this year? I think it's Michigan. I think it's Michigan. Anyway, um, no, they're they're doing well. Lisa <laughs> always does well. Uh, she has 700 wins. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to. It, I mean, it's it's hard to think about. It's impossible to fathom. How much? How many? How many wins that is, right? I mean, if you would like to be coach for life, go to the University of Iowa. We've had two. Well, <laughs> not two. I guess we've had three wrestling coaches since Gable, Zaleski, and Brands, right? Mm-hmm. Two football coaches, basically, in our lifetime. Well, two. early on, there was a few. Well, but, but right. Know, but I mean, since since Hayden, Hayden and Kirk. Since they changed the logo, we've had Hayden and Kirk. We've had uh, C. Vivian and Lisa Bluter. Tom Davis is there for 15, 18 years. Uh, yeah, well, Fran's going on twelve. There's, there's, yeah, right. On twelve, right? So, I mean, yeah, you had the Alford years in there, but uh, and, then, uh, the, and the, your buddy the, Licklider. Licklider that. <laughs> um, uh, by the way, so yeah, the women are just a, it's uh, Indiana six and zero, Michigan's eight and one, and the Hawks are going to be seven and one after this game. So uh, they'll they'll move up. Uh, they're sitting right atop the standings. That Northwestern game coming up for them is uh, a rematch. The only loss they have so far in the Big Ten. They lost at home to Northwestern in a in a um, an upset a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, but these are so these are these are you know. And Ohio State is uh, that's a big one at home. Ohio State currently seven and two, sitting in fourth place. So that's a big one at home on Monday for them. Actually, really big week for, for these for these uh, sports, you know. And we're hitting February, right? And so now here's the question for the for the men's team: Do we start to see the Fran fade? I don't know. It's an interesting thing. You said Ken Palm had him going eight and four here the last twelve games, and and the Fran fade would suggest you know we're six and six. Eight and four gets you twelve and eight. Six and six would be generous with the Fran fade. But eight and four gets you twelve and eight in the Big Ten. You're a solid. I mean, you're definitely in in the Big Dance. So what, what are they at home? They're four. I think the Hawks have they're only. Four, they're, they're three and one at home, and and one and three on the road. Right? Lost to Illinois at home is the only game they've lost all year, at home, right? right? Right. So you got four more. You got six more at home, right? And Purdue, two, Purdue, and Michigan State are Michigan two of them. State, so that Nebraska, a, Nebraska, Michigan, uh, Minnesota, and uh, Nebraska, Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois. No, no we, we already played them. Play uh, it's not no, Wisconsin. I'll grab, I'll grab it here in a minute. But I'm just saying, uh, you're 
so that means he's if he's thinking eight, and you're just saying that you might lose to Purdue and Michigan State, you're looking at getting. He's he's probably thinking you're going to get. Well, you're losing on the road. Lose at Illinois. I mean, that has to be his his thinking there. I don't know. I mean, you got to figure you beat Nebraska twice. You beat Penn State on the road. That's three. You beat Minnesota home. That's four. Um, help me. Help me, Rhonda. Uh, I'm trying to look. We at, just, Rutgers doesn't come to Rutgers does not come. Do we go to Maryland? Uh, we do have to go to Maryland. That's still on the docket. So that maybe is five. Um, you got Penn not Penn State, Purdue and Michigan State. This is riveting. Kind of. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out who this other team is. Let's okay. WNL the Cubs schedule real quick. <laughs> we, we've been known to do it. <laughs> you get Minnesota at home. You get Nebraska at home. You get Michigan at home. Michigan. You get Northwestern at home. There you go. And there's those, four. So there's four. So if he is, so now he's actually counting on you getting, uh, getting two against Penn State and Michigan State. Maybe in two on the road, or you're getting. Michigan State and and uh, splitting Purdue and Michigan State and getting three on the road that's that's generous, right? Michigan, who hasn't looked all that tough, went on the road and just absolutely destroyed Indiana the other day. Of course, Indiana looking back at their victory over Purdue. All right, how much time we got left? Uh, call it uh, three minutes. Three minutes. We might as well get to a yeah. Last let's call. go ahead and we do our last couple, call. We got a couple of big ones here to to, to look at. Uh, I, I do think that this is the, Purdue is the team that Iowa doesn't match up well with. I, I don't. I, I I think you and I both feel like they're going to get a shot at Michigan State when the Spartans come to town. I don't think they have a shot against uh, Purdue. I think they, they have a shot, but I don't think it's it's it's, uh, it's not it's not happening. It's a miracle. Yeah, it'll be it'll be big. Wrestling coming down to uh, as you said, I think it's five and five. It comes down to bonus points. I think and did they I, tie and then go for riding tie? Is it riding tie? No, no. They, Didn't that, wasn't that what was it, a I couple think years that, ago? They lost. They, actually, what happens is they go uh, like, um, like back points, and then they go to takedowns, and then they go to flip of a coin. <laughs> I mean, Almost it, as good as the NFL overtime rules. Right? NFL overtime rules are are fine in in the playoffs, and especially this. If you consider defense to be an important component to the game play defense yeah i think everybody should get a chance ch- chance at the ball oh good lord i think should, should we all get medals at the end of the no, day it's not participation it's just it's just that everybody get the flip of the coin should not deter- i have the hawks going two and one this weekend in some fashion <laughs> okay good so you're getting the women in there too no i'm talking about the, the men's, men's basketball, basketball and the wrestling all right so monday monday men's basketball penn state you get one and then Okay, a couple of Penn States. I, like I don't know. I like I'm it. just saying I, I'm, I've got them going 2-1. and one. I think they're going to lose a wrestling match. I don't know why I think they're going to beat Purdue. And, you know, I have been drinking a little bit. At, Illinois is up 14 without Kofi and their other big dude. I cannot figure that team out. Well, they held Michigan State to 20 in the to first 20 half. 20 in the first half. Michigan State had 42 at Wisconsin at halftime on Friday. <laughs> So you go you, figure. You explain that to me. And, and college basketball is there is one important piece of, of the game. You got to be able to shoot the basketball. If you're cold, you're cold. And that's the way it is, right? Well, I mean, it it helps if you you play some defense. I mean, you know, we we mentioned this earlier. I was adjusted defense went from 141 to down, like 60 to like 60 in two games, giving up 100 points in the last two games. Okay, you continue to play defense. Or have teams miss shots, 
in that same fashion and rebound, you have a chance against anybody. I actually think. I don't game, know if we're playing better defense or they're just shooting lousy. Well, I think there's to some extent. I you know I was looking at the fouls the other day. I is as crazy as that call was at the end of the game. I would was allowed to push around a little bit the other day as well in both of those games. They were allowed, allowed to hold a little bit, push a little bit. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit more rough-and-tumble team that's going to get get better on defense because I, they can get in people's way. I'm going to tell you this, Brett. This might be the toughest Iowa team that we have seen in a long time. I mean, from a physical, mental toughness. You think about the Purdue loss. They were down big. Down came back, 19, yeah. came back. They were down... Had twice 27-point turnaround against them at Illinois, came back, fought hard. Still ended up losing, but nevertheless, continued to play basketball throughout the, uh, throughout the deal. We are still on, Jacob. Talk to me. <laughs> Seems like. All right. Thank you, buddy. Because I sat there and looked at it, and all of a sudden I thought, nobody? I don't hear music. I don't hear anything. No, but you're right. I, I think there's. I think they've done some things mentally to prove that they can come back from you know big defeats. They've done some things. You've got some guys on there who've been around. I and just it's, loved it's it when I saw both Murrays on that field, yeah. on the court at the same time. To me, you have to get those guys out there together. Both McCaffrey's out there. Yeah, with both I Murray's. could do. I could do without that. But <laughs> it was weird. You got five guys and three names on the court. Doesn't happen very often. <laughs> but I mean, I I just I think Keegan. And Chris Murray should be on the court at the same time. I think I think you get, uh, you get better defense. You yep. get better offense. Yep. yep. I don't know. You get a lot out of it. I agree. We'll be back next Tuesday to find out. Absolutely. We'll be back and talk to you then on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 and 101.3 The Champ.